Hello sausages. If you are an overthinking, procrastinating, people pleasing, worrywart, how do you ever get shit done and move your business forward instead of stagnating and staying stuck? Here are seven ways to make adulting easier and life proof your business so things are simpler, happier and easier. My name's Rebecca Catterall otherwise known as the business wife. I'm a systems and operations specialist who loves nothing more than digging into the problems and dark, scary corners of service businesses. So the horror stories you hear around the virtual water cooler, air quotes, Facebook slash Instagram slash TikTok slash whatever you listen to, never happen to you. Or you have a plan in place to tackle them should they occur. I absolutely delight in thinking up ways of solving your business holes and gaps with the simplest, sensiblest solutions tailored just to you. So let's get on with the show. Today, I'm going to give you my main seven principles that help me overcome some of my habits and traits to make business better and adulting simpler. What's the definition of adulting? Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, it's the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. I think we've all felt that being a responsible adult isn't our forte sometimes. Number one. Done is better than perfect. Oof. This podcast is a perfect example of this. I first planned this in 2019 at Janet Murray's 2020 Sorted Conference. I got guests lined up for it. I had plans in place, but I divvied because it had to be perfect. Would it be a video or a podcast or both? Live interviews are recorded, this platform or that platform, weekly or monthly. I'm a perfectionist, yet I also don't believe that perfection is attainable in the day-to-day -day world of business. There has to be a point where I say, this is good enough, this is done, or I could go on making tweaks and tinkering and improving and faffing with just one more thing and never finish the job. So I started with done is better than perfect a point at which I can let go. With the podcast, I'm not happy with the name, the sound quality, the platform, but meh. I can come back and improve at a later date or change things, but I'm not sitting on this for another three years, waiting for the whole concept and plan to be perfect. Which leads me nicely onto the next principle. Number two, what's the worst that can happen? This principle actually came about from some CBT I undertook many years ago because I was being bullied in the workplace. I was looking into grievances and whistleblowing, but terrified of the consequences. In the first session, the therapist asked me, what's the worst that could happen if I took a certain course of action? 
And it was just a mind-blowing question that made me realise that I was keeping myself stuck. That by not taking any action or making a decision is in fact a decision to stay the same. So the only way for things to change was was for me to move in a direction of my choosing. I now use this when I'm stumped with what to do. I use it in life and business for everything from should I paint the ceiling a bright orange, that should have been a no, to deciding on a business idea like this podcast. This is another aspect of what kept me from doing this for years. What's the worst that can happen if I do the podcast and it fails? Say I actually manage to record episodes Maybe I even promote it and no one listens. Well, I tried it. All I've lost is some time. I'm using Anchor to do it in, which is a free service owned by Spotify. I'm using my phone. The worst that can happen is a bruised ego and a few lost hours. Which is why I've also reframed failures. Failures and fuck-ups are just opportunities for me to grow, to assess, adapt and improve. I like hashtag winning failure. And that takes us nicely onto point three. Have a plan B. And maybe the workings of a plan C. This has been a cornerstone principle for possibly most of my life. Having a plan B in case things aren't going to plan. This is something I can talk for hours on as I get super passionate. The system I use for planning stuff is actually called the Shit Hits Fan Plan. I use it with all my clients and in my life. I have a template I can share. But why is it important to have a plan B? So you're prepared, you silly sausage. If something goes wrong, you have a backup plan. You can also identify what could go wrong in advance and take steps to lessen the chances of it occurring. But also, if shit hits the fan, you have a plan and steps ready to go. For me, I use it in my personal life, whether it's for walks with a chap. For instance, I like to have a map, something in case it rains, snacks and water, a fully charged phone, alternative route ideas in case we encounter issues, etc. You get the picture. I prepare for every eventuality. My mummy bag is a standing joke amongst friends. I have cables and tech gear in a small makeup bag. I have pills and potions and a mini sewing kit and glasses repair kit in another little bag. I have hankies, just in case. A mini umbrella, always have a book to read, a notepad and pen, and a spare one, just in case. I don't know what just in case of, maybe I break down. Maybe I decide on the spur of the moment to work from a cafe for a day. I have all my gadgets with me. But in all seriousness, I like to have a plan B for most things in business. If my clients are mid-launch and say ConvertKit goes down, we regularly back up and download the list. So I just need to make a quick trial account elsewhere, maybe in MailerLite, import the list. Our email copy is stored in Google Docs. So I quickly add the next email or two in the series whilst we work on the issue. So there might be an hour's timeout, but we can be up and running on another platform pronto. 
I also recommend regular Google Workspace backups. These can include G Drive, Gmail and all manner of Google products. It's called a Google Takeout. Look it up. I also back up my Mac to separate cloud storage, just in case. So if Google goes down as it has done the last 12 months, I can at least access docs in the backup. I also have my Gmail email go through Apple Mail. So I always have a copy to refer back to. If Gmail is inaccessible, I can at least see some of my emails. I also have my contacts backed up. So worst case scenario, I can inform them from a separate email account of the issues if it's an ongoing issue or deadlines are looming. Number four, rebel against expectations. Logos, freebies, business models, sales funnels, marketing, income levels, Instagram reels. Don't follow the herd. Step away and think what's right for you. Your business, the stage you are at, the model of business, the size and budget, your business goals, you yourself. Does the advice go against your core beliefs on how to act in business or life? I started out in 2004 with a logo I made based on a plant sticker I'd seen and colours I'd liked. It had a chameleon in it and a play on the words karma. It filled me with joy as all I heard when I looked at it was the Boy George song. You know the one. My current logo was designed by my then 16 year old son in InDesign. It cost me a takeaway. Has anyone told me to my face that's why they won't work with me? Nope. Yeah, I see a lot of groups. If your logos are in Canva or not by a branding designer, you aren't a serious business. Not that you just aren't at the point where you need one or it's necessary or affordable. I was told in one paid mastermind that I needed a freebie if I wanted my business to grow and succeed. I needed an email list if I was serious. I should have a sales funnel, a weekly newsletter, yada, yada, yada. Never mind, I couldn't see how that would all work for my new business and business model at the time. I held myself back for years because of some of this advice, thinking I wasn't good enough, thinking that everyone else had their shit together and until I could tick all these boxes, I was going to stay quiet, stay safe stay small don't attract attention because you aren't doing the prescribed actions according to the gurus nah. eight years later i still don't have an email list to speak of the poor souls on there mainly my folks and early adopters of a freebie i felt forced into and soon dropped well they haven't been getting any regular emails cough four in as many years lead magnets, freebies, funnels. I'm only just working on them now with my lovely VA Molly that I've started working with last month, as now is the right time for me and my business. Don't even get me started on the how to get a six, seven slash eight figure business courses that I see that make me feel like I'm not enough for just wanting the business to afford me the lifestyle I want. And it's not exactly an uber glamorous one either. I just want to be happy, healthy and comfortable. I know some of this is my insecurities talking, but it's okay to not want the big shiny things yet.
now, whichever. It's okay to do things your way. It's okay to stay small, to grow steadily, to be an introvert, an extrovert, to be neurodivergent, to run a business just on Facebook or using no social media whatsoever. Make your business work your way. Never mind the expectations placed on you by society, peers and folks closer to home. Don't let the expectations and rules of others make life or business boring, bland and a chore to do. Number five, trust in the unfolding. This is as woo as I get, maybe. I used to describe myself as really not woo. And I realised I can't say that when I have beliefs like trust in the unfolding and a few other things. So let's describe me as woo curious. A quote I've seen that sums this up nicely is the greatest war undertaken is within yourself. Since you create mental anguish when life does not go according to plan, consider there may be a greater plan for you beyond what you believe is conceivable. So this was an article by Tony Fockery on Medium. And Tony, if I mangled your name, I'm sorry. I have a really um, immature sense of humour and... I'm just so scared of mispronouncing it that it's just, I've had five attempts now. We're just going with what I said. I've linked to his article in the show notes if you are interested in reading more about his views on um, how to trust in your life's unfolding journey. Anyway, to me, trust in the unfolding is a mishmash of spirituality, positive mental attitude and the idea that there is something more to life than just the here and now. I suppose this comes out more when life throws a clangor in the works and things derail. I've suffered from depression to varying degrees on and off since being a teenage mum. And maybe this is my way of putting a positive spin on things. Didn't get the job I really wanted? That's okay. It means there's something even better there for me. It's like the universe is sending me a little test. You tried hard. This didn't work out, but just wait, just wait. There's something better coming, Rebecca. A relationship ends. It's okay. It was meant to. It served its purpose in my life's journey and better things are on the horizon. Customer left or didn't pay. That's okay. I needed a wake-up call to strengthen my boundaries, contracts, services. It's made room for a new and better client. You see where I'm going with this? Just put a spin on it. Basically, just decide that this all happened for a reason. You're learning something from it and better things are on the horizon. Number six. Adulting is essential. And when I say adulting, I mean the real adulting. Not just getting up earning money, paying bills, buying food, eating food, going to sleep, getting up, doing work, maybe socialising, etc, etc. I mean making the plans that will put things in place for the future, for after you've gone, for if there's an accident, 
to cover yourself legally and financially now and in the future. For instance, I'm 47 and I don't have a pension. Well, I do now, but I have had one for one year next month. One year. I am 47 and apart from a few little pensions perhaps I've paid into a year or two here and there when I've worked in different places, I've no real nest egg put away for when I retire. So I am adulting. I had a bit of a wake up call of it all and I've sorted out a pension that I am paying into heavily now because of my age and the age I want to retire at. Also, like legally, what if something happens to me? How will my children um, manage? Wrapping up my business. What will people have to do? Will they know what where to find the paperwork? Have I got a will? I made a will when my children were young. My children are now 22 and 28. So that will is like long gone. I won't even know where to find the will. What do I want for a funeral? What do I want to happen? What happens if I'm injured and someone needs to make serious medical decisions on my behalf? Who's going to do that? My adult children? My partner that I don't live with? My parents? My elderly parents? Am I going to ask them to decide? So that's adulting. The scary decisions that make you feel a bit like vomiting in your mouth that you've put off or have decided aren't for you or to ignore make a list of them and bit by bit work through them it's not as bad once you're sorted with them and the relief I feel from knowing that this plan's in place that if something happens to me um, I've got a special thing put in place now so my pension which would otherwise disappear into the effort from what I can sense of it is now paid out to my partner and that is a special thing you have to request. It's all these things, adulting. It's just, we get so trapped working week to week in our businesses and making enough money to pay the bills that we aren't looking to the future. We aren't really protected. We're just working year on year, living the same year, maybe making a bigger profit some years. But like, what's our end goal? Are we going to sell the business, keep the business, fold the business? We, ne- we need to decide these things now. And we need to put things in place so we are protected and ready should these things happen. I know I've waffled a bit there, but honest to God, I'm going to be yabbering on about this so much in the next few weeks. And finally, number seven, love yourself. I'm going to try and keep this super short because I think it says what it does on the tin. Be kind in how you talk to yourself and about yourself. You matter just the way you are and there's nothing wrong with who you are as a person. I'm not everyone's cup of tea and, and that's okay. I can be sarcastic, quirky, I've got dark humour... I am a very individual sausage and not to everyone's palate. And I don't care anymore 
it used to cripple me with anxiety trying to conform to what I thought people wanted of me. But nowadays, I just love myself for who I am and that's good enough for me. There's a few things that didn't quite make the list and I reserve the right to change my mind at any second of the day. These are things I do love and abide by as much as I can. One of the favourite ones is something my mum taught me when I was, I think, a teenager. And it, it makes me laugh. So it's just not my circus, not my monkeys. And I am one of those people that gets over-invested and over-involved in situations outside my control or remit. Which is definitely why I struggled in the workplace in the past. I, I kind of want to move out of my little box and interfere in the other boxes and fix all the other boxes. And yeah, no, self-employment is amazing for me. <laughs> but I do have to remind myself sometimes that certain situations are just, they're not my circus. They're not my monkeys. It's not for me to interfere, intervene or worry about. I have to let those things go and just leave people to whatever they're doing. One of the other things I'm passionate about is there is no such thing as one size fits all. I'm nearly six foot tall and I found that there is no one such thing as one size fits all in clothing anymore. And there's the same for business. I see a lot of people selling courses that are going to teach you how to make six figures, seven figures, follow exactly what this person's done and you will have the exact same level of success. Run your business this way. Be a coach this way. Do it like this. Use a system just like this. But it doesn't take into account your uniqueness. So, no. There is no one-size-fits-all in life or business. Not that I found, anyway. Well, gosh. If you have made it this far, thank you, and I'm sorry. This was meant to be... A 10 minute broadcast. I was thinking I'll just yabber for 10 minutes about these seven things and just touch lightly on them and move on. Um, yeah. So, um, let's go with done is better than perfect, I suppose. I'd like to say thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me take room up in your ears on my first podcast. And if you want to hear more about how to set boundaries, how to do all of these things, how to put adulting measures in place, how to sort out all sorts of sexy goodness in your business so life is simpler, happier and easier, then just subscribe. Subscribe on whatever channel you're listening to this on. And if you want, you can go to my website, thebusinesswife.com and sign up for my newsletter. And I'll let you know when the podcast comes out each week. I'll also be looking for some lovely people to speak to. So I might reach out for you if you send me an email. And that's it. I'm Rebecca. I'm really grateful if you got this far. And I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.